the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, I've got some really, really important breaking news. No one else is talking about it. That's why you come here to talk to me. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's what you need to know. What you need to know, this very first segment of the show, I will tell you something no one else is seeing, and I will predict... I, maybe I make it happen, uh, but I will predict what happens. It could be that I make it happen because I do get the, the word gets out on this. But today I want to talk about Joe Biden, Joe Biden. Why? Because there is a new book out and the new book is very clear. The book, and it doesn't seem like the book is written by a conservative. It's not like it's not written by like Breitbart.com published by Breitbart. It's written by a mainstream publisher. And the book lays out what it lays out that there is a problem in Biden land. It lays out that the actually that the Biden the, uh, situation with Hunter Biden and his uh, money goes right to the big guy, the president. The book is called The Bidens, Inside the First Family's 50-Year Rise to Power. It's by a guy named Ben Schreckinger, okay? It's published by 12 books. I don't even know who that is, but they're not liberal. I mean, they're not conservative. But here's where it gets interesting. Politico.com, which I tell you all the time, is a liberal-leaning entity. They want to be lefties, but they also want to be journalists. And so periodically, they are overcome by a, a need, usually for some self-referential uh, reason or for some left-wing political reason, but it is they come up with and they have to tell the truth. So in, in Politico.com, in their playbook, they have first in playbook, which is a something somebody fed them and they get it first, and they tell the story that Ben Schreckinger's book, The Bidens I just referred to, is out today. It comes out, it comes out, I guess it came out on Tuesday. It's out this week, and it finds evidence... Then Hunter Biden's laptop material is gen is genuine. Oh, really? Most of us thought that. But now the question is, the independent access to Biden's emails, Hunter Biden's emails, show that there was Ukrainians and others, Chinese executives, talking about the big guy, keeping 10% for himself and all that. Here's the question you must ask, and I guarantee you it's coming. When will Joe Biden reveal and, and make available his bank records to get to the bottom of what he got paid? Because if it's nothing, then give it up. But I suspect it's something. And here's the deal I'm going to make. I'm going to tell you right now, one of the people in, in the cap in Congress, the House or Senate should say to Joe Biden, look, you and your people were demanding for Trump's tax returns. A fair turnabout is fair play. We now have conclude. Well, that's not fair. We have evidence in the public domain. Even Hunter Biden has referred to the fact that, well, someone said, oh, do you think those uh, laptops could be yours? And he said they certainly could be, I guess. You know, so we have now enough corroboration and now we have the left leaning media looking at it. There's only one way to do this. We're watching the world come to terms with the Chinese. We're watching the world deal with the threat of you know, Ukrainian uh, battling with Russia. Now, don't we need to know? 
If the president of the United States is compromised, even the appearance. So here's the deal. The appearance of compromising, of being compromised, is just as bad as being compromised. In other words, clear it up, Joe, because the rest of the world is watching and saying, huh, who's really in charge? Who's got the power? What's happening? And so I, my prediction here is as the uh, drumbeat becomes louder and it becomes more regular, you're going to see the Hunter Biden situation explode. And part of it will be that the Kamala Harris team is ready for the changeover. But the easiest way to solve this is Joe Biden can make his bank records available. He could pick, let's just say he picks two two Republicans and two Democrats on one of the key committees and he lets them see his bank accounts. He could have them all sign confidentiality agreements. And then he goes through it and then he gets us to the bottom of it. And if those four say no big deal, well, then we know it's no big deal. Here's a little twist. You want to see one of the reasons why Joe Biden is going to fight for the House and the Senate next year? In 2022, he's going to use every trick in the book to try to save them because, trust me, a Republican majority in the House is going to get to the bottom of Joe Biden's bank accounts. The big guy keeping 10 percent. Hunter Hunter would hold 10 percent for the big guy. That's one of the characterizations of the emails. By the way, the emails could be nonsense. It could be some Ukrainian or Chinese guy bragging. But all what we need to know now, what we need to know, what you need, what you know, what you need to know, what we need to know is what's in the bank. What's in the bank? And was there uh, payments? If there was payments, obviously it's a big deal. But if there weren't, if there was not payments, then Joe Biden should want to get to the bottom of it. That should be easier, not harder. It should make it easier, not harder to get to the bottom of the bank accounts. Show us the bank accounts, Joe. Because again, we're not making it up. Now, this isn't you know, this isn't just a conservative uh, a, a conspiracy. This is the book. The book is called The Bidens, Inside the First Family's 50-Year Rise to Power. And Ben Schreckinger wrote this book. They brag in the, in the headlines of the book or the, the, um, the uh, publicity uh, push for the book. They say it's, you know, really well sourced. And Schreckinger is somebody who's, you know, put, did his uh, homework on this. He went through it. There are people who are confirming like emails released by a Swedish government agency match the emails in the leaked uh, emails. So there's correspondence that are confirmed. And, uh, the, you know, the, the, of course, the Politico is like trying to hedge, saying, while the leak contains genuine files, it remains possible that fake material has been slipped in. Sure, sure. And it, it remains possible that the former Hunter Biden uh, business partner, this guy Tony Bobulinski, who did an interview, he said 10 held by H, that email was genuine and referred to their plans. This is a guy that testified or he I, I did an interview. I don't know if he's testified. He said these were the plans, how Hunter would hold equity for his dad. Hunter has said in other places in emails, he had to fix up the physical plant at his dad's house, you know, fix the, the, the roof or something out there. And, you know, there's this famous meeting uh, that is, is uh, f- uh, supposedly took place between the Burisma advisor at Cafe Milano. Cafe Milano is one of the swamp restaurants. Up here in the swamp, there's a restaurant, Cafe Milano, really good food. I don't think I've ever been there, but I had food catered from there or something at, a, at an event I went to once, I think. But it's a known place, a big-time place. I think Cafe Milano might have been, um, been uh, Bill Clinton's uh, favorite restaurant, too. But there was a meeting, and the meeting it's referred to, and it's in the book, and the, the, the Biden administration won't comment on it except to refer back to some uh, denial. We'll see. Again, who cares where you met? Who cares what you said? Who cares what you eat? Who cares what your son, you know, said or did? 
Just show us the bank account. The president of the United States has to be above reproach. He cannot be blackmailed. He cannot be put in a position where he is compromised, right? In fact, just the appearance of a major book and Politico saying it makes you realize it's already a problem. It's already a situation that has to be addressed. So you watch. I think you'll see members of Congress who will say, hey, let's jump in here. Let's get to the bottom of this. Let's get to the bottom of this and find out exactly what was going on. And when that's uh, done, we'll know. We'll know. It'll be simple. I mean, at this point, you know, Hunter's selling his paintings for a half a million dollars and won't tell us who's paying. So it, it, there's a sort of pattern of behavior where you're starting to say, hey, there looks like there's something going on here. There's look like there, there's look, there looks like there's something that's not quite right in the uh, in this family in terms of their decision making but why not prove us wrong why not prove us wrong release the bank accounts let the bank accounts be gone through you there's no joe biden there's no room for joe biden to say it's not appropriate he was happy to make sure that it was thought appropriate to look at everybody's uh, uh tax returns and everything else so why not why not remove remove the impediment and see, and again, I'll tell you, I'll just make sure to refer to this book so people can get it. I haven't got a copy of the book yet. I will, but um, the book is called the, um, the, uh, boop, 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 sorry, the book is called the, um, hmm, sorry about that, the Bidens, there it is, the Bidens, uh, the 50-year ascent to uh, power. 50 years. Think about that. Think about how many what's how many things have gone on in that family to know what's happening. Ben Schreckinger wrote the book and uh, and it's uh, out just this week. Uh, The Biden's inside the first family's 50 year rise to power. And as I mentioned, if Politico, if you lose Politico, which is what it looks like they're doing and you're losing these journalists, what does it mean? Well, it means there's either something there and it's time. It's Kamala Harris time or they want to get to the bottom of it. We'll see. One of the two has to happen. I think you're going to see that. Release the bank accounts. Open the books. Open the books, Joe Biden. Open the books. Uh, make sure America can trust what you're doing. All right, we got to take a break. We come back. We got a lot more. And don't forget, visit ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. By the way, Noah Says segment coming up later this week to try to see he was so wrong. Noah Dingley, our great producer, was so wrong on the recall. We'll let him make it right by explaining it. So we'll have all that later in the week. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report, and it's time to check in with my old friend. The book is Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot. I hope you have it, because I do. Jim Hansen. Jim, welcome back to the program. How are you today? I'm doing great. Good to be with you, Ed. Good to be with you. Now, first of all, tell me about the, tell me about the book. It, it's, it came out May 16th, 2021. How's it going? How's a, I've had you on a couple times, because I think it's a really good book, and I think you're really good at what you do. How's the book, uh, m- people paying attention to it? So, by the way, from our listeners, Republic Book Publishers, one of my favorite book publishers, is the ones that publish this book. So how's that going? Uh, yeah, it seems to be selling good, and it's picking up. I uh, got a nice uh, little shot from uh, Laura Ingram last night that always helps. And I think people are yeah. now looking for ways to fight back. So I've got a lot of That's advice right. for what the problems are and what we can do about them. So, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing right now. 
Great, great. Jim Hansen, I should have said he was a retired uh, U.S. Army Special Forces guy. He's been a uh, businessman, very successful, and is currently the president of the Security Studies Group, SSG, which he's the founder of also. So, um, all right. So we, I wanted to ask you about uh, this paper that you produced on the January 6th what so-called uh, insurrection versus the BLM Antifa violence from the year before. And I have to tell you, my, my brother is a retired Marine. My, my, uh, my listeners will often hear me talk about it. Retired Marine, served in Afghanistan, Iraq and all. Just uh, in the, in, before I recorded with you, we were talking, and he was just kind of bemoaning how a good friend of ours fell victim to the brainwashing on the January 6th thing and called it an insurrection to my brother. And my brother said, look, I'm a, I'm a, I have some experience with insurrection. You'd usually don't show up for an insurrection with, you know, horns and uh, pepper spray. You have a little bit more of a plan, but tell me about the, the, this paper and what security studies group has sort of contrasted to show the difference in the treatment January 6th versus the Antifa violence. Yeah, well, there, there are actual legal definitions and requirements for insurrection, sedition, domestic terrorism, and all the other terms the left has been bandying about uh, as far as what happened on January 6th and really ignoring about what happened for about a six-month period of 2020 by Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And so we just took a look at what the actual definitions are, what the actions of the groups were, what their organizing functions were, and, you know, the, the level of collusion or cooperation or conspiracy among them. And it was abundantly obvious there was no conspiracy to conduct an insurrection to stop the count of the Electoral College on January 6th. There was just none. The only coordination that was done was in case Antifa showed up, some groups were planning how to respond to that. But nobody was planning to attack the Capitol. What happened was a rally got out of hand, some people broke the law, and those people should be punished for those crimes. But none of that amounted to an insurrection or domestic terrorism in any way, as contrasted with the six-month-long spree of violence where BLM and Antifa were intentionally conducting violence to intimidate public policymakers to get the answers they wanted as far as policing. That's domestic terrorism. And then even more so, they seized property in Seattle. They called it the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone and uh, included government buildings. And they did that and held that for a month, which is an insurrection. So complete contrast between the two, yet the media has them completely backwards. Uh, again, um, we, we are uh, talking with Jim Hansen. His book is Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot. Uh, and uh, the paper I'm looking at it right now um, is, uh, if you go to securitystudies.org, you can track through to it. And it's uh, the title is Insurrection in America, an Analysis and Comparing and Contrasting It, contrasting it Too. Um, but... Jim, here's a question I have. Again, you're an experienced, uh, you know, military man, law enforcement man, special forces, however you want to say it. You, you, you know, when you have to employ, deploy, use force in a war, in a law enforcement setting, that happens. In this case, if the media and big tech were the only two that were lying about it, right? Saying, "Oh my gosh, the, the you know the guy with the the horns was a was an insurrectionist," and uh, and you know all that, that would be one thing. But the government's gotten in the act, and so we have not only Speaker Pelosi, who I think history will show was a, you know the, the most partisan hack of all time, but 
you know, the Department of Justice and the prosecutors and and the combination of the big tech, big media who, you know, at this point, we expect them to lie. But but the big government enforcing it, it, it kind of has given it a sheen. I'm talking about January 6th that many Americans can't see through. They just say, oh, yeah, that must have been terrible. I mean, they had to put up they had to put up barbed wire around there. And my point here is uh, is the impact of the government playing that role, Jim, transforms it like we've maybe never seen. It horrifies me, Ed, and I think it should horrify any decent person. What they're doing now is weaponizing what they've, they've been pushing all along. They've been pushing state control, but now they decided that this was an opportunity to use the full array of state power against their political opponents, which is us. And so the, right. the Biden administration literally released a countering domestic extremism policy document on the White House website that details their collaboration with the tech companies to censor speech they don't like. And they declared that the main and and most serious enemy is white supremacists or white extremists, ignoring Black Lives Matter, ignoring Antifa, and the, the vastly greater amount of violence and damage done by those groups. It's a completely partisan play to use state power to shut us down and criminalize conservatism. Uh, again, Jim Hansen, the book is Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot. Re- uh, Republic Book Publishers is the publisher. Um, Jim Hansen himself uh, experienced both now in um, Arm- U.S. Uh, Army Special Forces and early in his career and now in in uh, in uh, business as well as in, in his uh, company. But, okay, Jim, so in your book, you do refer to the fact that the left and the right are both sort of I, I, I forget the how way you describe. They both have something going on, right? The left is. It, it feels to me like the left was manufactured because if they, if Antifa and BLM had everything solved by Joe Biden swearing in, nothing actually changed. The school system didn't change. The money didn't change. So, but they stopped. There's no more protesting or rioting. So it feels like that's artificial. But on the right, it is true. On the on the center right and on the far right, there there are a lot of people that are really unhappy. How do you go forward? How, how does how do you win a second civil war without firing a shot? I mean, it feels like more and more people are cornered by the big tech and big media messaging with big government running right behind to, to say, we're going to put you in, in prison. We're going to uh, silence your speech. Uh, we're going to mandate this or mandate that. It, it feels like it's moving faster than without firing a shot. I can completely understand that. And I honestly, I share that fear that this is, you know, kind of a a last resort that we're down to. Um, But we still have the bulk of our constitutional freedoms. And I think people are going to be very heartened when they see what happened in 2022. You know, I understand the election was a mess and, and all of this, but I think people have now seen the true face of the Biden administration and what a mess it is and how they believe that they should be telling us how to act. They've seen what the schools are doing to their kids. You know, all of this is leading people to believe that if they don't take control of their own lives, then the government will end up with control of all of us. And that's really the theme of the book and and the things I tell people is pick an area and get involved. Just get off the sidelines and get in the game in ways you never have before. And do, do what you do best. You know, not everybody has the same skills. But find something, because if all of us get in the game, there are as many of us as them, and we'll take back these institutions 
you know, it's, it's not going to be immediate, but we will get some wins and, and we will take back Congress. And I think people will see that it's not all the way gone. It's just we're behind right. and we need to fight back. Well, and uh, again, Jim Hansen, the book is Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot. Jim, one last question, because I, I would be remiss. I was thinking about you as I prepped for this interview and your military background. Um, how is the morale? Forget about Afghanistan, how bad it was. The, the pullout was a disaster. But how's the morale when you're a young guy or young girl, woman, whatever, that decides you're going to put your life on the line for the country and go in the army or go uh, special forces? It feels like that's really tough to feel as good about right now. Am I over reading that because I'm watching too much media and thinking and and, and reading too much uh, big tech? No, you're not, Ed. It's an unfortunate side effect of, you know, the woke world trying to use the military as a laboratory for social engineering instead of as the, you know, the one entity in this country we could all rely on to be nonpartisan. And I think that's hurt a lot of people, and it shows when you see the the horrendous debacle of our withdrawal from Afghanistan and the incompetence of the leadership right now. So I think a, a new administration is going to have to clean house and bring that institution back to its former glory. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, it's a very helpful report. I appreciate it. I will put it up on social media. Again, uh, Insurrection in America, an analysis by the Security Studies Group, headed by Jim Hansen, uh, comparing and contrasting January 6, 2021 treatment with the BLM Antifa stuff. Uh, very helpful. Thanks very much, Jim, and uh, good luck with the book. And keep us on a uh, on auto dial so we can have you back on. <laughs> Sounds good. Always a pleasure, Ed. All right. Thanks, Jim. Jim Hansen. Again, the book is uh, Winning the Second Civil War Without Firing a Shot, available anywhere you get books. So we'll take a break, everybody, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's reckoning time. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. You hear of him. You hear him frequently. I'm not so frequently. He steps behind the microphone, gets out from back behind the microphone. I don't know what he does. He gets off the engineering stuff and gets in. Noah Dingley, our great producer, who will weigh in. But more importantly, it's reckoning time because... I don't know, two or three weeks ago, he leaned in hard. He said, I know Larry Elder. I know California. I know everything. I'm uh, the producer of the Pro-America Report, and it's going to be a just an awesome recall of Gavin Newsom, and Governor Elder is going to make me ambassador to Guam. I didn't say the last part. So Noah Dingley comes back for another segment of Noah Says. Noah Says he wants to talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers playoff chances, but we're not getting letting him off the hook that easily. So Noah, what happened? Well, I think it's pretty clear because if you want to flash back to the 2020 election, I also called for a Trump red wave landslide. And if you take (laughs) into account all the states that, we'll just say this, had some nefarious actions going on past election night when mysteriously all the polls closed uh, and then opened back up the the, the following morning, uh, it would have been a landslide. Now, maybe the same thing didn't happen here, but all the same mechanisms were in effect. All the mail-in voting was into effect. You heard all the different stories about people, uh, good independents and Republicans. They went to vote. They had already voted. They were told they already voted. Go home. And so there was a lot of things going on with this election. Uh, I was hoping turnout was going to be the solution to the problem. I don't think that's how we solve elections going forward, Ed, because it's apparent they can make up whatever number they need to make sure they stay in office or get into office. 
Well, okay, but you know, one of the problems is I agree with you on 2020. When you looked at it and you said, wait a second, the whole country went one way and in six small jurisdictions, meaning smaller geographical, you know, county here, Maricopa right. County and all, it went the other way. But boy, oh boy, um, I don't know. It was like two to one. I, I, when I finished that night, and of course we had great coverage on the, uh, on the Answer San Diego with Andrew Kay and I, we went, you know, had all sorts of guests and all. When I finished that night and I stared at the ceiling, I thought, I, in some ways, it proved that California is, you know, it's not close. It's not close. Well, did it? Uh, and it, because there's a lot of people that believe that uh, there's even a possibility that Trump really could have taken California, and maybe he did. I point again to, I know I it's like a broken record because I already mentioned it, but I heard of not just one or two, but many different instances where you had voters going to vote and they had already voted. That, to me, speaks volumes. Well, and you told us that night you had an interesting experience at the polling place. I tell, did. tell, remind our listeners of that. Yeah, to remind us that. Not going to call out the polling place. That's not how I operate. But I went, and originally I was going to go drop off my mail-in ballot against my better judgment. I was low on time, and so I'm like, okay, I, I need to get it in. I need to say I voted. And then I went to the polling place, which again I will not name, and I'm like, well, I drop it off here, and five feet from me to the left, well, there's the live polling place. I'll just vote live. That That's what my American duty and responsibility is. So I told the person, hey, let's cancel this ballot. Let's rip it up. And they literally tried for close to almost 10 minutes, Ed, convince me on why I needed to turn in my mail-in ballot and not go vote live. That's another thing. Okay, for me, yeah, I said, you know what? I know what the mail-in ballot can cause. Let's you no. Know. And I told him why. I'm like, it might be quicker to give you this ballot. It's going to be safer. It's going to be more secure. And again, it's my patriotic duty to go live to the polling place. Others, maybe they would have been convinced otherwise. And I don't know how much that happened on Election Day as well. Hmm. I, you know, I, I guess my, I, this is one of the problems with the result because a lot of people, and I, you can hear it in my own, uh, and we're talking, by the way, with Noah Dingley, our producer of the program and, and a, a astute observer of politics. He also produces, uh, Andrea Case program. But you can always hear it in my, um, way I'm looking at it. It was, it wasn't close enough for me to think they stole it. Now, your point is, why, why do you, you know, why, if, if you can steal 10 votes, you can steal uh, a million votes. And, and I, you know, I suppose that's right. What about the momentum, though? Um, you know, again, Noah, you you would hear from and see because the answer San Diego and all our, our programs, the energy of the conservatives is how disheartening was this that it didn't turn out better? Well, it is disheartening because we really saw Larry Elder, a lot of people that, again, they don't even necessarily had to have been Republicans. There was a lot of people on board with this recall movement that were Democrats. They were independents. They were fed up Californians that wanted to make a change in the state. And they really wanted Larry Elder in there. They saw what he stood for, that he was somebody that called out all the political uh, shenanigans. Uh, call, he's, he's a man of common sense. He's a great communicator at the end of the day. And yeah, it might have been a little bit deflating, but Larry Elder, I don't think, has made an official decision on what he wants to do going forward. Some say he will stay in state politics. Others say he has greater aspirations. I hope either of those is true because we need more people like Larry Elder if we're going to take this country back. And I don't think people should give up just yet. Wait a minute. What do you mean? Is he going to run for president? 
that I have heard down through the grapevine that there may be, again, maybe, not yes, uh, that there may be other political aspirations for him. Uh, and if, if that is where he is headed, I'm okay with that because we need somebody at the state level, eventually the national level, that's going to stand up for conservatism. And as of right now, other than people like Larry Elder, I don't see people doing that. It is, um, I guess, so, and, and I, I, I'm sorry to admit this, that I don't know the answer. Is he going back on his radio show? I've had people ask me that immediately after. They're like, will he be back? Will he be back? Has, has that official word been out? Is he going to do a show I again? I haven't heard an official word, but I have heard that, you know, if he comes back to his radio show here across the Salem Radio Networks, that obviously with uh, the movement that he started with conservatism here in California, really trying to take this state back, at, at, on a in a true grassroots effort that that's going to be just great for his radio show and I agree with that as well he I think pick up you know so many more listeners because I think that true conservative California base has been energized and, and that could only be huge success for his radio show I mean I think that's true the only question is um once you know he's he's what 63 or 64 and he may say to himself um I can have a bigger impact right now as you're pointing out in some sort of political fight you know run for governor again uh run for US Senate I don't know run you know there could be there's a number of yeah, things Yeah I don't know All and, right, you know, um, and if he wants to keep it local here in California too Ed that's that's perfectly fine but why I like him on the polit- political stage and not to say that I wouldn't welcome him back to radio I most certainly would it's that and Andrea Kay and I talk about it on a regular basis. You and I don't get to share as much on the air together. I don't see more than a handful of real conservative Republicans standing up and fighting back for this country. And it's embarrassing to say that they're the same ones over and over again. And a handful isn't going to take this country back. We need more. We need more patriots like Larry Elder. Yeah, I think... um uh, I think you're right about that. I think also he you you can't underestimate a great communicator. You know, you could say, oh, well, you know, so-and-so is good. If you succeed in radio for 30 years like he did, it's a little bit like Ronald Reagan, who succeeded in, in, in TV and film for 30 years. You know, you, you just have a natural. It's it, it, Actually, it looks like it's natural. It's not natural. It's 30 years experience, and he's really good at it. So, um, okay, what about one quick follow-up on something? Uh, they made a lot of they made a big deal out of Orange County uh, looking like it's more uh, purple than red. What's your read on that? I have family in Orange County. I travel up to Orange uh-huh. County quite a bit. And, again, if I'm giving my personal read on it, I think Orange County may be the reddest part of California. And San Diego is certainly conservative, but... I think Orange County is solid red. I, I have seen more Trump signs, uh, more rallies, let, you know, it, leading into the 2020 election, uh, hearing from different family members with this recall election and, you know, just going up there and, you know, watching people uh, it, with, with different events. There would be, no, you know, people not wearing masks. And this was even before the huge vaccine push, not really caring what the state officials were saying. I, I say it's solid red. So was the anomaly, um, your, your thoughts is it could be fraud? Could be. Uh, it most certainly could be. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, I don't even think they're done counting the votes yet to be, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, pretty much it, you know, my dismay and your dismay Ed, during our election night coverage of the gubernatorial election recall, 
just a couple of hours in, they called it and said, nope, can't make up enough votes. He's, you know, Newsom's solidly the winner. Yeah. And that was a narrative I think they should not have yeah. painted. And again, with some yeah. of the things that I experienced, this isn't just making stuff up. I experienced certain things personally. I've heard of other people experiencing things with, again, the, you know, hey, you've already voted. No, I haven't. Uh, things aren't adding up. And this is not this is not good for elections. Again, election reform is something that is needed, I think, in all 50 states. It needs to, we need to get our votes secured. Uh, last question now. Uh, Noah Dingley, we're talking to the great producer of our program and uh, also Andrew Kays and has his own uh, program. Um, OK, playoffs. How afraid, how scared are you <laughs> that the Dodgers are going to make it to the wild card and have to face my St. Louis Cardinals in a one-game playoff down in Chavez Ravine, and you're going to get to see Adam Wainwright striking out Al, Al, um, a Pujol, Albert Pujols to end the ninth and win and go on to the playoff. How worried are you about that? Well, I'll be very honest with you. I have been watching the standings like a hawk, and I really, truly believe we take the West. We're within a game with the Giants. It's definitely doable. We're fi- you know, finishing the season, I believe, with the, with the Diamondbacks, which is only going to help us, I hope. If we do get into that one-game playoff and we somehow just manage to get in through the wild card door and have to play you guys, the Cardinals have been all kinds of just spectacular when it comes to postseason births. So you can have a mediocre season. So you're scared. You so you're, so that you're postseason. scared. You're Are a you much scared? tougher Are team. Wainwright is <laughs> no joke. But I also want to point out that uh, we have oh, somebody we uh, called Max Scherzer right now, and that would be a heck That's of a true. matchup. That would be fun. All right. Well, listen, as always, uh, the great uh, Noah Dingley, uh, scared of, of the St. Louis Cardinals, but it's important to face your fear and uh, other insights. Appreciate it very much, and thank you as always, Noah. You're welcome, man. My pleasure. All right, there you go. That's Noah Says with Noah Dingley. We'll make sure I get – every time I get off the, with this, I get a bunch of emails from anonymous people. It looks like Noah's accounts, but he says we got to have more Noah Says. Maybe we will. <laughs> we'll take a break, everybody, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. By a split vote of 6-3, to three, the U.S. Supreme Court rejected snooping by California through the identities of donors to conservative nonprofit groups, including one located in Michigan. In the case Americans for Prosperity v. Bonta, nonprofit groups were in the fight of a lifetime. Bureaucrats in the state of California took it upon themselves to start requiring nonprofit organizations to disclose the names of donors who gave more than $5,000. If the nonprofit refused to comply, their nonprofit status was rejected. Obviously, this didn't sit well with nonprofits on the right or the left. Why should their donors be forced to give up their anonymity? The problem was compounded when California started requiring these disclosures from nonprofits based out of other states. Overreach by California and other leftist states is a growing problem as they try to export their tyranny to the Midwest and to other red states. California Democrats have no business sticking their noses into organizations headquartered elsewhere. The Supreme Court was right to rebuke these California busybodies. The Internet has created new ways to harass people for merely exercising their First Amendment rights to speak out or to donate. California's overreach was too much for even Chief Justice Roberts, who held for the conservatives in this case, despite last year allowing California to shut down churches. Roberts wrote that it is hardly a novel perception that compelled disclosure of affiliation with groups engaged in advocacy 
may constitute as effective a restraint on freedom of association as other forms of governmental action. Roberts also quoted an earlier NAACP case on a similar point. Yet too many liberals today seek to infringe on First Amendment rights that were upheld in that famous NAACP case. On a practical level, Americans for Prosperity v. Bonta is a constitutionally sound ruling in favor of the right to express oneself anonymously. On a more academic level, this is a case study in effective separation of powers. California does not have the right to infringe on the authority of other states. They can institute as many travel bans as they want, but their authority to implement far-left policies ends at the state line. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let's, um, we, I forgot to cover something earlier in the week, and I need to cover this because I've told you before, I was there. I was there. And uh, earlier in the program, we heard Jim Hansen, uh, the great guy. He is such a good dude. Um, and he wrote the book, Winning the Second Civil War. What a good dude he is. And um, he talked about his, uh, his group has done a study of January 6th and the treatment of January 6th versus the Antifa BLM riots. And anyway, so I was there. I was there right on January 6th. I was there at the president spoke. I was there at the ellipse. That's where he spoke. I walked up Constitution Avenue. I walked past the Capitol and went to my office, but I was there. And as Jim Hansen said, yep, some dudes got out of hand, uh, you know, broke some laws. They should be prosecuted. But after that, insurrection? Really? So here's the craziest thing. For about a month... The media and, of course, big government, the narrative machine in full effect, big tech, big media, big government doing what? They were making sure that people that were considering going to the rally that was taking place this, this past Saturday, and the Saturday was the 18th of September. If you were going to go to this rally, it was a rally to show solidarity and encourage the 500 plus people that are in prison after January 6th, a lot of them for really not too serious reasons, and they're still in jail. So that sounds like something that's, you know, what's wrong with that? People in prison, that's actually in the Bible, right? Uh, you know, visit those in prison, it's in the Bible. Certainly pray for and have uh, uh, an event in solidarity for. It should be consistent with visit people in the Bible. It, you know, visit people in prison, it's in the Bible, Scripture. So big tech, big media, big government for a month has been saying, oh, September 18th, this rally in the Capitol. We better put back the fences. Uh, Pelosi said we've got to get massive security. We'll do that. Well, they had the thing. And there was like, I don't know, a few hundred people. And it looked like maybe half of them were undercover cops. I mean, it became a running joke. You had all these clean-cut uh, guys in khaki shorts that looked like FBI agents. And it was kind of a running joke. But it's not that funny. It's not that funny, the power of the narrative machine, big tech, big media, big government, to, to, to influence what people think. It's not that funny. I've been reading a book, Let the Trumpet Sound, 
about Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights era and the civil rights movement and how he was, people don't realize, he was ruthlessly uh, peaceful, nonviolent. He believed you couldn't succeed if you had a violent mo- uh, a movement. And, and he actually was back in Memphis where he was murdered because a week or two before he had been at a rally that got violent and he was so upset. He said, I'm going to go back and do a nonviolent march because I want to show people that you can live by this, this sort of that you can work and live and you can operate by this set of principles. And that's why he's back in Memphis. The idea that our government is not only silencing, but vilifying people who want to have peaceful, nonviolent gatherings. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm happy that they're not, you know, sweeping us up yet and putting us in jail ourselves. They might get there, but it's terrible what they're doing. And that's another example. All right, we got to run, everybody. Thank you, as always, to uh, Noah Dingley, our great producer, for keeping the show going, and uh, Joanna for booking our guests, and you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.